Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 201 is entitled The Inflation Reduction Act for Dummies, Part 4, The Dirac's Equation. Okay, assuming you have listened to Podcast 197, Part 1, how Taxpayers View Inflation Reduction, and Podcast 199, The Land of Laputia, and Podcast 200, Zeno's Paradox. In this, the final podcast on the Inflation Reduction Act, I shall address how Congress uses the Dirac Equation Paradox to reduce inflation. The Dirac Equation Paradox in one way is similar to Zeno's Paradox, but just the opposite in another. However, That is the way of paradox. Using Zeno's paradox allows Congress to increase inflation indefinitely, thus dividing our spending power into half indefinitely, yet still keep the illusion that we will never run out of money. It is clearly explained in the previous podcast to everyone's satisfaction. Using the Dirac equation paradox allows Congress to continue the illusion that they can get something from nothing. They are similar in that they are both paradoxes, Both were discovered by geniuses, and best of all, both allow Congress unlimited spending power without running out of money and without burden to the taxpayers. It is the liberal jackpot. Like Biden promised, you don't have to pay a dime. But first, let me explain what the Dirac equation is in layman's terms so that you can follow the analogy. I hope you will be as excited as Congress when you understand how brilliantly it works. As we have learned through global warming and the COVID crisis, the liberals become very animated when they have solid science on their side, regardless of the facts. In fact, Barack Obama and Al Gore received Nobel Prizes just for preaching the liberal agenda while holding high office. Facts, truth, and common sense were not even relevant because science was behind them. After all, they have something in common with the genius Paul Dirac. They all three won Nobel Prizes. It stands to reason that they must be equal in intelligence. Of course, Paul Dirac had to shake the world with his discovery. All Obama and Gore had to do was to shake their fist at conservatives, but why quibble over trifles? The Nobel Committee couldn't possibly be biased, and surely they would not stoop as low as the Oscars that favor liberal propaganda. So, there must have been some deeper reason to award the world's highest honor on those who by all appearances had nothing to offer but party propaganda. Paul Dirac, an English theoretical physicist who won the Nobel Prize for Physics at age 31, predicted the existence of the positron, or first antiparticle, also called antimatter, which is identical to the electron, only with a positive charge. It was like predicting the existence of ghosts and then proving it. The positron made up half the matter of the universe. In other words, an invisible world mirrors the visible world. In the visible world, protons, neutrons, and electrons combine to form atoms, called matter. Dirac predicted that those had mirror image, but with a different electric charge that combined to form antimatter. 
Dirac combined quantum mechanics with special relativity. The electron has a negative charge. The positron is a particle with a positive charge that acts like an electron. When they meet, they annihilate each other. Their energy released is light. The implications of that are astonishing scientifically, because unless something intervenes, we can never have a solid universe, which means that planets, moons, suns, stars, galaxies, etc. could never form. In other words, when matter and antimatter meet, besides energy expressed in flashes of light, there should be nothing rather than something. Can you see where this is leading? It means that something can come from nothing, because we do have moons, planets, suns, stars, and galaxies. Science has frantically been trying to unify the four forces of nature to explain the phenomenon of the existence of celestial bodies. Where they have failed, Congress has succeeded. Just ask them. When Congress discovered that something could come from nothing, their heads started spinning, and immediately they applied quantum physics to the budget. It works miracles. They simply asked the question, what if infinite spending, which represents matter, and infinite inflation, which represents antimatter, met and annihilated each other. You would never run out of money, and you would never suffer from inflation. Think of the possibilities. The news ran through Congress like wildfire. One liberal, coming out of his stupor, stood up and said, Look at it another way. If it solves inflation, what can it do to the national debt? I mean, think of it. What would happen if infinite spending, which represents matter, met infinite debt, which represents antimatter? Would they annihilate each other also? Everyone agreed that the answer was a no-brainer. He continued, We can keep on spending infinitely without incurring inflation and without incurring debt. It was a liberal's paradise. The thrill of the Dirac equation paradox sent them all in a frenzy, and they all worshipped their new god, science. Their arguments went something like this. If the Dirac equation paradox is true, it only stands to reason that the best way to get out of debt is to spend money indefinitely and borrow money indefinitely. It was the perfect solution, so elegant and so persuasive and so convenient. They immediately made it policy and started casting their crumbs for their new pulpit to the open-mouthed masses. In a frenzy, they swallowed every crumb like a school of hungry carp that gathered daily for their free handouts. The logic runs like this. Even though matter and antimatter annihilate each other, other worlds are still miraculously created. The same must be true with a budget. Though infinite spending and infinite inflation annihilate each other, there will still be plenty of money left over, enough to fill the universe. The same is true with infinite spending and infinite borrowing, and infinite spending and infinite debt. Something can still come from nothing. Even the great Stephen Hawking in his book The Grand Design said something can come from nothing. Scientists for years have been saying we live in an accidental universe. It follows reason Congress that we also live in an accidental economy. If something as vast and complex as the universe doesn't require intelligent design, certainly a small thing like the American economy doesn't require intelligent design. In fact, if man is created like Frankenstein with a bolt of lightning, and Earth is created without intelligent design, and the solar system is created without intelligent design, and the galaxy is created without intelligent design, and the cosmos is created without intelligent design, well, it stands to reason that the democratic agenda can be created without intelligent design. 
for that matter. Why bother with intelligent design at all? Why not destroy energy independence? Defund the police. Open our borders. Let homeless live on the city sidewalks. Legalize drugs. Release murderers, rapists, and thieves from prison. Remove bail. Ban all fossil fuels. Ban nuclear plants. Forgive student loans. Bribe for votes. Provide free homes. Free food. Free medicine. Free health care. Free phones. Free rent. Redistribute wealth. Hire 88,000 IRS agents. Ignore a $30 trillion debt. Ignore inflation. Increase taxes. Thinking just confuses things. Act and see what happens. If accident can produce life and the earth and infinite worlds, think what it can do for our debt, for our economy. In a nutshell, there you have it. It would be well to stop here and let it sink in, but you know that I am not going to. I feel the need to pontificate. I don't trust you, you see, to arrive at the proper conclusion. You may simply say poppycock and go back to blaming Congress for the chaos we're in. I mean to avert that and to restore harmony to America. Just as Congress understands the implications of Zeno's paradox to the American economy, they also understand the implications of Dirac's equation paradox to the American economy. They manage to use them both for their advantage. The tables have turned, you see. In part one, I tried to dummy down the way the average taxpayer understands inflation so that the slowest in Congress could understand it. Here, I shall dummy down the Dirac equation so that the slowest taxpayer can understand the way Congress views inflation, just as I did with Zeno's paradox, tit for tat. Let me explain it in practical terms. You see, Zeno's paradox makes it impossible for man to travel from point A to point B. The Dirac equation makes it impossible for matter to form into suns, moons, stars, and planets. Yet still, we do travel from point A to point B. And suns, moons, stars, and planets do form. There must be a missing factor. Since there's no God, there's no intelligent design. Along with science, let's call it luck. Coincidence, accident, serendipity of circumstances. That lets us leave God out of it and frees us to do anything we want without nagging conscience. With Zeno's paradox and the Dirac equation paradox, we can have our cake and eat it too. And without God, we can commit abortion during any term of the pregnancy, even moments after the child is born, without worrying about unpleasant charges of murder or about antique morality. Praise God. When Congress realized that in spite of the paradox, motion was possible and planets were possible, then it stood to reason that the same philosophy could apply to the national budget. For example, even though doubling inflation an infinite number of times means cutting in half the spending power of taxpayers an infinite number of times, it is still miraculously possible for taxpayers to continue to pay their taxes. What does probability have to do with anything where science is concerned? There you are. If the paradox of division caused by Zeno's paradox could be solved by ignoring logic, then the paradox of addition caused by the Dirac equation could be solved by ignoring logic. Can you see their logic? If it is possible to create worlds from nothing, then it is equally possible to create money from nothing. So, what if matter and antimatter annihilate each other? So, what if infinite spending and infinite debt annihilate each other? If worlds are still created, then available money is still created. However, there is a nagging urgency that perhaps I have given Congress too much credit for understanding Zeno's paradox and the Dirac equation. After all, they don't seem to understand that releasing murderers from prison increases murders on the street, or reducing a $1,000 theft to a misdemeanor increases crime, or defunding police reduces safety, 
or reducing oil production increases energy costs and decreases available energy, or increasing spending increases inflation. Perhaps they can't comprehend complex philosophical and scientific paradoxes. Therefore, I have three other theories, but they are rather cynical and perhaps unworthy of mention. Nonetheless, to be complete, I shall give them all three very briefly. Number one, what if the liberals in Congress are not as godless as we think they are? What if they are secret Christians? And like many Christians, Congress thinks we're living in the end of days, and all the debt will go away anyway, as Peter says, looking for and hastening to the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The hole in the theory is that Congress is working so hard to remove God and religion from government that I am not sure there are enough in Congress who could even comprehend the theory, much less support the theory. Therefore, if they understand neither science nor religion, what is the other alternative? That leads to suspicion number two, which is a little cynical. Number two, what if liberals are deliberately trying to bankrupt our nation, undermine our constitution, destroy our sovereignty, take away our Bill of Rights, destroy our balance of power, provoke civil war, destroy law and order, destroy our energy independence, destroy free enterprise and self-reliance? destroy families, destroy patriotism, destroy belief in God, in family, in country, take away state independence, take away rule of law, take away safety and security, control population through abortion, and take away our democratic republic and change us to socialism, or communism, or Marxism, or some other form of totalitarianism. But that is too cruel to imagine. However, that leads to the final suspicion, which is even more unkind. I'm a little nervous about presenting theory number three, but still duty insists that I do. Number three, what if Congress is simply inept? If Congress can't tell the difference between a man and a woman, and if they believe that men can have babies, how are we to expect them to tell the difference between an Inflation Reduction Act and an Inflation Increasing Act? Maybe they really are. No, it is too unkind to think it, much less say it. Please understand this is not a political statement. I do not take sides. I merely wanted to explain both sides of the situation without prejudice. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.